wholeness comes from the inside out. When we're living congruently with our values, there's happiness because there is that sense of wholeness. Is wholeness is when the way of your being matches the truth of your being. Brian McLaren is an author of many, many books. His latest, Do I Stay Christian, touches on a common trend in wrestling with one's faith. He is a speaker, activist, and public theologian. A former college English professor and pastor, he is a passionate advocate for a new kind of Christianity, which is just, generous, and working with people of all faiths for the common good. His podcast, Learning How to See, is a must listen, especially if you or a loved one is struggling with faith. I caught him in town for a conference and a bucket list conversation. Join the library and you can watch this beautiful conversation. And please rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. kind of knows that I work with the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual body. Yes. And we were discussing before that, you know, there's such um, aspects of these parts and, and how all of the the mental, emotional, and spiritual all need that physical body to yes. manifest. It's yes, in yes. sensation. Yes. And how much sometimes the opposition that we put against, which which is really two halves of a whole. Yes, yes. We, we make them enemies, yeah. that's physical and that yeah. spiritual part. And yet if we, if we demonize or let go of the spiritual or the physical, we lose access yes. to that spiritual. Yeah. So tell me your oh my experience goodness. with that. <laughs> so I'm really interested that that's something you've sort of come to and been exploring because it's very similar to my own path. Mm. Um, so, you know, I grew up in a you know, fundamentalist Christian background where Charles Darwin was a really bad guy. Ah. And we were not allowed to believe in evolution or anything like that. But when I was older, I was really interested in science, biology, and I became very interested in evolution. Yeah. And when my Sunday school teacher said, oh, you either believe in God or evolution, I thought, okay, you know, I'm 14, four years, right. and I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, what I, and then in more Many years later, I, when I was doing a lot of research in psychology, I realized that one of the ways people are talking about the brain is to talk about the human brain as having three components, mm -hmm. uh, a reptilian brain mm -hmm. or fish brain or bird brain, sometimes people say. Yes. Um, which, in, in a sense, is the, in, in evolutionary terms, is the oldest brain. In mm. some ways, it's the part that operates fastest. Right. It's the, people think of it as the most primitive, but in another way, it's had a lot more time to, right. uh, to be perfected, yes. right? So we have this uh, uh, reptilian brain, we have a mammalian brain, mm -hmm. and when you think what happened when ma mammals developed, well, the mother-child bond yes. becomes important, S and, and the herding bond mm -hmm. becomes important. And so then you realize, oh, that has, that, it sort of makes sense that that has to do with the emotional yes, self. Yes, yes. And then the mm -hmm. primate brain develops, which in some ways has to do with, we, we often think of it having to do with rationality, which I think is one of its capacities. Right. Analysis, foresight, hindsight, all of those more intellectual capacities. Yeah. 
Well, what struck me is this. Here's been sort of my <laughs> unfolding thing that I think matches up with yeah. what you're saying. Um, so, in a way, the only route for the human or primate brain and the mammal brain mm -hmm. to the body mm -hmm. is through that reptilian brain. Uh, and in a sense, the yes. reptilian brain is what gives us connection to our body. Yeah. So... Here's my proposal, uh, and mm -hmm. again, okay. for what it's worth, <laughs> I'm ready. That that if those three parts of our brain, layers of our brain, modules of our brain, mm -hmm. they're not easy to manage. Mm -hmm. We're not very good at it. It causes us all kinds of trouble. Right. And maybe what we call spirituality mm -hmm. is the way that we integrate those parts of us. Wow. So in that way, see with what a lot of us grew up with, spiritual was good mm -hmm. and physical was bad. Right. But in this way, no. Spiritual is the way we integrate the different parts yes. of us. And we do it, hopefully, consciously and with moral ends in mind. Right. That's all. So that's all. That's, I yeah. love it. And, and, and I, you know, in the spiritual body, when I go into the, the food that these yeah. different areas need, yes. you know, that spiritual body thrives on ceremony and ritual. Yes. yes. And, what, and that's what's so... Beautiful because ceremony and ritual yeah. isn't about logical and linear. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and so and we're losing that a little bit. Yes, we're losing that that need. I, I tell people even when I went to go see my son graduate from high school, there's a certain song that's played. There's certain clothing that's performed. Yes. I don't know what the significance or symbolism of that is. It's yes. lost. It's been lost. Yes, and and I think when we've lost that fuel for the spiritual body then that spiritual body has become more secular or become something or oh. become meant linear or yeah, logical yeah, yeah. I, I i mean one way to think about a lot of our problems is that if some of us if we don't have any spirituality that helps us consciously manage these different mm -hmm. parts of us then for some of us the more reptilian parts of ourselves right. dominate which might have to do with aggression territoriality yeah. mm -hmm. sex uh you know food yeah um uh others of us maybe it's just fear of what other people think yeah. of us that more herd instinct mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and others of us it's this cold rationality or whatever mm -hmm. so there are all kinds of ways it can go wrong and then we try to find ways for it to go right and and or to at least be conscious about it right and in a sense feel some sense that we're actually players in this we're mm -hmm. not just uh we're not just victims of it and when you think about rituals and ceremonies that develop uh you know th these things develop and they have staying power because they help people in some mm. way so for better or worse right. maybe some right. of them may be right. rituals that make us more violent or right. more passive or more vicious or something but even so, we, we realize, yeah, in, in some ways, that's the term I use for it. it I, I think about it as desire formation. Mm. We're, we're choosing which desires we desire mm. to strengthen, mm -hmm. which we desire to redirect, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I, I think it's funny that you say that. I love that, that idea because I, that reptilian brain is that quick. And, and, I, and that's, where that, that's where the trauma, that's where trauma yeah. is. Yeah. And so if we, if we, when that traumatization, when those, those trauma, traumatic events happen, um, then it causes this trauma within us and oh then my. it messes our system. You know, the whole thing gets 
Uh, can, can I give you two yes. examples of that from my own experience? Yes. So on a positive side, I, I'm a fly fisherman, and mm. I, I've been doing it a long time. I love yeah. it. It requires a lot of coordination. Yeah. And I'm always surprised at how my body knows how to do it. Wow. It's not that I'm thinking, I've got to have this right. angle and this much. You just, it's a rhythm, and it's, right. it's a kind of physical intelligence. Right. You watch someone who does ballet or gymnastics or, uh -huh. or anything that involves physicality. Yeah. And it's, it's not that they're consciously thinking about mm -hmm. it. It's that the body learns how to... It learns how to do it, yes. you know, uh, f faster than conscious thought. Yeah, right. And, um, but I, I, a few years ago, I, I was asked to speak at a seminary, and four people showed up at this just to disrupt it. They didn't like me. Mm -hmm. They didn't like what I stood for. Mm -hmm. And so they glared at me the whole time. As soon mm -hmm. as we'd open up for questions, they'd ask a really snarky mm -hmm. question with just disdain in their voice. Three day, a three-day intensive course. I get to the end. I go back to my room. I feel a little itching on my stomach. And I <laughs> open my shirt. And within 20 wow. minutes, I've broken out in hives nice. from my head to my toe. Mm -hmm. And I realized I have not been around snarky, mean-spirited, mm -hmm. religious people like that. And my body was saying to me, never put yourself in that situation. Right. you know." I, or it was saying, you know, this caused me a lot of stress. Right. So. It was a little rude awakening for myself when I realized that those minorities or those that are, yeah. you know, that's their day, everyday oh life. Oh my gosh, the, to realize that certain, that, uh, that everyone probably, there yeah. are certain things that cause them so much stress, but to, to be, uh, you know, a person of color in a predominantly white society or yes. to be gay in a predominantly straight, straight society or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and that would be setting off the most, in a certain sense, right. we call it the most primitive, but the most highly developed part of our, of our system. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And yet, and that's where, you know, we, when we become that we or oneness, yeah. that's when we can take that in. You know, yeah. I loved your idea of that, of the tree and each layer encircling the, yes. the next layer. Yes. And it reminds me of in your third um, season of your podcast. Yeah. And your second, uh, I think it was episode four. So it was, it was um, working with Valerie, talking to Valerie. Valerie Kaur, yes. And I, we were on a bike ride. I had my little earbuds in mm -hmm. listening. And I, I like cr cried out loud. Like, you know, uh, I was like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because. That story is the epitome of wholeness to me. Yeah. Because she, in her darkest, like, moment, the most, a, 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 like, a, a climactic moment yeah. in her life, and she, and I want people to go and listen to the, the, the mm -hmm. podcast, so I don't want to give too much away, but she, when she meets this woman, you know, and she, she herself has this most profound experience. Yes. But yet doesn't leave where she was at to take on that experience. Yes. And then the, the woman that was the organist had this experience with her, didn't leave. You know, yes. they all brought whole, all yes. of who they were, all of the wholeness. And, and I loved, I loved how Valerie incorporated that in, in, and never once did I sense in her a 
a question of whether she was going to stay who she was, her sick religion. You know, yes. even though she had this profound experience over here. That's right. She she held on to her her wholeness. Yes. And and I think and then in the next second I thought, what if that moment had been something different? Yeah. How many lives would be different? Yeah. Because she is so influential and so kind and so so embracing of people. Oh what, my. what would that be like if that moment didn't happen for her? Oh my gosh, you just think, yeah, and this is where we look back in our history and we realize these colonizing tendencies yes. where people went in and said, convert to my religion right. and my culture or die or be banished or whatever. And, and we realize, oh my gosh, so much was lost. Mm. The world would be so much richer. And then we think, well, it's our responsibility now to in a sense, give other people the same, oh, what's the word? I, I want to use the word right, but I think mm -hmm. there's a better word. The same dignity mm -hmm. of being able to say, look, I have a childhood. I was born to certain parents. Right. I was born in a certain place, in a certain religion, a certain culture, in a certain yeah. language. And, uh, you know, I can never change that. Mm -hmm. I can try to hide it. I can yeah. feel ashamed of it. I can double down on it and yeah. say it's the best and everything else is terrible. Right. But learning how to integrate that and make space for other people to integrate our past. Oh, it's big. And what would it, you know, just listening to her talk about her rituals and ceremonies. Yeah. When I when when someone teaches you the beauty of what it is, yeah. it, it will enrich me, regardless oh. of the name, regardless of the logical logistics of it. Right? It, Can I tell you a story yes. about that? Yes. So, um, for folks who don't know the backstory, Valerie is a a, a member of the Sikh or Sikh, as uh, they call as she calls it, religion, um, from a, a section of India, Kashmir, that that whole area mm -hmm. of the world which has a fascinating history and story like every other religious right. tradition. Um, but she was telling me a few years ago that one of her very dearest friends is a Christian. Mm -hmm. And they, their friendship through the years, it was very deep. And her friend was dying of cancer. Mm. And there's a sick tradition that the, the beloveds of someone who dies, after the person dies, they stay with the body and they wash the body wow. and then wrap it for burial. Wow, wow. And, you know, we don't, in, in my culture, <laughs> we let funeral directors right. do that. And we let, um, so this Christian woman, when she died, she said to Valerie, would you gather some wow. these friends mm -hmm. and wash my body and prepare it for burial? Wow. And I just thought, what a beautiful, beautiful from all different right. directions, you know. Yeah, again, embracing instead of dividing. You know, yeah. Embracing more and growing more rather than dividing. I have a, I, I'm just <laughs> guessing, but I have a feeling that that woman, mm -hmm. first, she had grown to be so deeply connected to Valerie that she saw the beauty in Valerie's life and Valerie's tradition mm -hmm. and thought this would be a fitting end to mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. relationship uh, in this life. Mm. But I also think it may be that she would have said, you know, as a Christian, we don't have a ritual that's as good <laughs> for our departure <laughs> as my friend does. Right. And she's generous and would be happy to share it right. with me. So. Right. I love that. I, I, <laughs> I love that. And you work with so many people that are, <clears throat> you know, having that 
trauma, they, they're filling some trauma with religion. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's what, you know, in, in reading your books and your podcasts, you know, I, I think that's the, the truth of what you've done is, is, is gathered and, mm-hmm. and held space for everyone in every mm-hmm. place. And so how has that been, you know, meeting people and, and how does it feel inside your own body mm-hmm. when you're alert, you know, at the beginnings of that, you know, what was that like to make mm-hmm. that transition? Cause it's a, it's a progress. I'm sure at first it was in a way almost physically painful because it was different. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Especially, yeah. you know, because of the background I was brought up in, you know, we were taught everybody's going to hell who isn't part of our religion. Mm-hmm. And we were given the intimation that, the devil might be working through them and in fact might try to Get, tempt us away from yes. the truth to join their false religion. And yes. So, you know, there's suspicion and mm-hmm. almost a feeling if I actually love someone on their own terms of a different mm-hmm. tradition, I'm being disloyal to my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, uh, so I had all of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that happened to me is I'm so fortunate and blessed and grateful in this that uh, my own sort of Christian reawakening centered on Jesus and Jesus' great commandment to love God and love neighbor. So mm-hmm. I, I always found it hard to feel guilty about loving somebody right. <laughs> as I would like to be loved. Right. And so uh, through the years, I had you know a series of relationships like that. But I'll just tell you a quick anecdote yeah. in that regard. Uh, shortly after, a couple of years after September 11, 2001, I, I was um, I was invited to be part of a um, a gathering of Christians and Muslims, mm-hmm. and there was a special banquet mm-hmm. set up, and I arrived uh, five minutes early. Nobody was in the room, right? So I'm walking around, uh, you know, feeling awkward, mm-hmm. and uh, and finally I just sit down at uh, one of the tables, thinking maybe I've got the wrong time, or people are going to show up, <laughs> and then another guy comes in and. This is horrible to say, but I mean, I guess it's not that. He looked exactly like Osama bin Laden. Oh. He looked like an Osama bin Laden lookalike contest. Yeah, yeah. And it turned out he was from Oman, which is where yeah. Osama bin Laden, and had the same sort of traditional dress. Yeah. And he comes in, looks a little awkward, walks over, yeah. and says with a perfect New Jersey accent, Hey, man, can I sit down next to you? <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out he was from Oman, but right. had gone to college in New Jersey and lived in New Jersey. Yeah. We ended up having this great talk. But you realize, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, like I, in spite of all the work I've done in this area, yeah. I had a physical reaction yeah. when I saw him of a little chill mm-hmm. uh, because that right. reptilian yeah. part of me that it is trained to protect me, right. keep me alive. And yeah. I'd seen enough pictures on TV of somebody who, my yeah. brain imprinted is dangerous. And right. so I had that danger response. Yeah. And we ended up having a great conversation. Yeah. And, yeah so. and that's something I think in the West, we, I've learned for me, myself, that the, that the East has taught me is to sit and be with those feelings yes. so that I do recognize when yes. that comes up and say, that's happening. And, and maybe it never goes away. But I think I would have ne- I think I wasn't even paying attention to when that happened before. What you would just have went ha- full in. Yeah, what would have happened if I believed that was from God? Right. This is God telling me that person is horrible. Right. And so then, of course, I wouldn't be friendly to them. And yeah. guess what? If I'm not friendly to them, 
I'm not going to think they're friendly to me. Right. And it would reinforce. A yeah. whole different. Yeah. And, and what was left, what, what a shame would be that great conversation. Exactly right. And, and I'll tell you, in that light, you think about, like, in, in the Gospels, when Jesus, for example, tells the story of the Good Samaritan, there's a crossing of a literal street mm. to make contact mm-hmm. with someone who's other mm-hmm. and who's seen as dirty. Yes. But that the fact that Jesus would tell a story like that, it feels like it's preparing us to mm-hmm. to cross those social boundaries. Yeah. Right. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about in your book, um, this latest book, Do I Stay Christian? And I think you've talked about it before, but you talk about these um, periods of time that even Christianity or even religion mm. has gone through and that we're kind of in its new era. Yeah. Tell me, teach us a little bit about sure. that. Well, uh, there was a, a fellow about 100 years ago, a, a European philosopher named Carl Jaspers. Mm-hmm. And Carl Jaspers made the observation that the, if we say the Buddha arises, I think it's around 800 BC, mm-hmm. and the Greek um, philosophers... 300s, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a couple centuries before and after, but Plato and Aristotle and so on. Um, and then you go up to Jesus. So he says there's this period from 800 to about the time of Christ where in the Far East, the Middle East, mm-hmm. um, uh, there is this breakthrough uh, of individual consciousness and Mm -hmm. he proposed that before that everyone was so deeply embedded in their tribe or their clan or their you know their group Mm -hmm. that you know for example you wouldn't think i could change religions Mm -hmm. because i'm a member of this tribe Mm -hmm. it's who i am and this is our religion we worship this god or these five gods or whatever Mm -hmm. and they don't and so there's this feeling that the individual wasn't even didn't even have permission to imagine separating from the group. Mm-hmm. And what, in a sense, you go back to the story of the Buddha, the Buddha grow, is brought up in a rich right. uh, princely family mm-hmm. where the assumption is that there's reasons why he has mm-hmm. those privileges mm-hmm. and those other people, there are reasons why they're poor right. and sick. And he makes an individual difference. Mm-hmm. And he, 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 he says, I'm not going to stay in that group. I'm mm-hmm. going to leave. And you, you, in, among the Jews, Abraham leaves mm-hmm. his fatherland. And, uh, so, and, and the Greek philosophers are doing individual thinking mm-hmm. and differing with each other and having schools of philosophy. Uh, and he, he calls this the first axial age. Mm-hmm. Axial like an axis, the world right. turns. Wow. And so now individual thinking becomes the... Uh, and in a certain sense, we might say that... Uh, New brain, yeah. That, that, yeah. that human uh, primate brain or the kind of intellectual yeah. uh, uh, yeah. self, in a certain sense, starts to flower. Right. And maybe even predominates right. gradually. Right. And then... Um, in the 20th century, Jasper said, I think that story has run its course mm-hmm. because now we're having to figure out, okay, we can all be individuals. Mm-hmm. How do we live together? Right. And I, I, he didn't go, you know, that was his sort of big idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few decades later, a Catholic theologian named Carl, uh, uh, Ewart Cousins picked up on the idea and he thought, that something similar was happening 
theologically. Um, mm. Among other things, as a Catholic, he couldn't just think, yeah, we Catholics are going to heaven, everybody else is damned. <laughs> Vatican II in the Catholic Church repudiated that mm -hmm. long-held notion. And so he said, We've, we're thinking about how we connect and relate to each other again. Mm -hmm. uh, more recently, a dear friend, Franciscan uh, nun and brilliant scholar named Ilya Delio, mm -hmm. she has... Um, continued to develop that idea. And really the idea of ecology in a certain mm -hmm. sense says, not only do we have to take other people seriously, but gosh, we have to take our connection to the earth mm -hmm. and our, our capacity to destroy the earth. Mm -hmm. So uh, some people are calling this a second axial age, yeah. but a, another big shift in human consciousness or mm -hmm. culture or values. And I mean, it's, I felt it in my life, you know, yeah. I've, I've, I've I wasn't one to, you know, I just was happy in my little circle, my little box, you yeah. know, and then you, you have, I've worked with many people where you realize all that when, you know, the box was nice, I could lead on it every once in a while, you know, I had somewhere to go when that box <coughs> breaks apart, yeah. it feels like you're falling through, yeah. through this, you know, it feels like you're falling, <laughs> but I, but I say, you know, really, really, you're just floating, you're just, <laughs> you're just, um, and it takes a minute, and it, it takes a lot of effort to pay attention to those sensations. You know yeah. what what what's really telling me, and yeah. and getting familiar with because fear can be fear get away, or it can be fear of unknown and yeah. move forward, and yeah. to get very fine tuned on those sensations. Yes, yes, that's right. Are very important because totally different. And before I was not fine tuned, it was very Gosh. easily black and white. It's funny as you say that. What comes to mind is you imagine how your body yeah. knows if you're you know I, I i live in southwest florida and i once came upon a florida panther which is wow. not really dangerous there's i don't think ever been an attack of a panther yeah. uh, on a person of a florida <laughs> panther on a person obviously in california and right. so on it's different but what was interesting is my body yeah all the hairs on the back of my neck of course i don't have any on my head but i'll you know they all rise and without before i could think about right. it i was walking down this path there's a panther i turned around and started walking the yeah. other way like it was just my body right. knew that's a danger get yourself away that's yeah. predator your prey but there's a totally different feeling that we've i'm sure all felt when we're in a room and we s smell smoke yeah. or or you just feel i'm not getting enough oxygen right and it's very subtle and uh -huh. and you keep trying to ignore it but eventually you say, I got to do something about that. Yeah. And part of, you know, the way we stay alive is by listening to our yes. body. And uh, it's that set of physical reactions, as you say, yeah. that, that are telling us there's the danger. message. Yeah, the message. So a lot of people do we've, you know, a lot of people when they are lost in that break from religion or, or whatever kind of move and they'll say I'm spiritual, yeah. not religious. And, and some of them even come into the, like the metaphysical yeah. sides of things. Why do you why do you think that's so? Well, uh, I think you know, for a lot of people, two things happen in in institutional religion, whatever the religion. Mm -hmm. One is that a set of dogmas and practices are identified at some point, eighteen hundreds, sixteen hundreds, twelve hundreds, you know, or farther back, and. Those rituals, practices, taboos, rules mm -hmm. are carried on 
but nobody really understands why. <laughs> like almost always in their original context, there was right. a reason for it or there was a meaning to right. it to make us different from those people over there or right, something. Right, right, right. And hundreds of years pass and you just think, this makes no sense. What was that again? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's part of it. And then I think also part of it is that in every institution, this isn't just religion, this is yeah, politics yes. and business and everything else. The employees of the company mm -hmm. can care way more about themselves and right. their security than they, and the, and the future of the organization than they do about the mission of the mm -hmm. organization and, and the well-being of the customers or mm -hmm. clients or, or employees or whatever else. So this sense that when institutions only care about their own wealth, power, prestige, mm -hmm. So, you know, a classic example is the pedophilia scandals where mm -hmm. churches act to protect their own clergy mm -hmm. more than children. Mm -hmm. So I think you put those two things together and people just say, I really can't trust any institutions. Mm -hmm. um, I think in the long run, they'll find out that anything that lasts longer than a generation needs an institution. But I also think that, and I think for many people, they have to leave the institution because it's abusive mm -hmm. and there's no room for them to right. breathe. Um, but I, I think eventually people sort out that it, it's not institutions that are bad, it's institutionalism that's mm -hmm. bad. You know? So. you know, I think in that conversation you have, uh, you know, you say there's, there's this, uh, this kind of how do we hold it together? You know, yeah. how do we hold it together? And and that's where I love your, you know, and I, I, I have my own stages, you know, yeah. like your own development, yes. you know. And and for me, I, I mean, I, I loved your, I love your four stages. I want to talk about that. I, I, I myself, it's not really my own, but I, I took Fowler's face. Yes, yes, yes. yep. However, right in the middle, I, I, I added a heartache. Oh, that's, and I, yes. I call it a heartache. Yes. Um, because sometimes it comes from within an institution. Sometimes it's yes. health. You know, yes. usually at this point in evolution of our species, usually it takes some heartache. Yes. And I hope that's not always the case, but that yeah. just seems to be the catapult yeah. for people to move into a, a more mature yeah. faith. And I even say faith, not just faith as a religious thing, but faith in my own abilities follows yeah. That those yeah, things, faith yeah. in in my partner, you know, mm -hmm. faith in my, you know, just the idea of faith as a whole. Yeah, will we'll always go through these, you know, these so. phases. But I liked your uh, um, simplified phases, um, and so tell us a little bit about those. Sure. So um, first, I'm a big fan of Fowler, uh, as <laughs> you know, and and uh, so I, I had been reading and and intellectual and personal and faith development right. in a lot of different fields for a long time. And I, I wanted to figure out a way to try to get it as simple as I could, mm -hmm. but having enough nuance. So I, I have four stages, simplicity, complexity, perplexity, harmony. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'll just tell you, uh, it, you may have found this already, but uh, there are some other people who, in working with Fowler's work, the term they use instead of heartache is they talk about hitting the wall. Mm -hmm. So it, it's funny yeah. how a lot of people are saying it's very often there's a, some sort of <laughs> crisis or series of crises yes. that 
that make a break with early stages mm-hmm. and make moving forward into some something new yeah. uh, necessary. But the big idea uh, to simplify it, to, to present it very briefly, simplicity is uh, dualism. We learn mm-hmm. to sort the world into us, them, good, bad, right, mm-hmm. wrong, safe, dangerous, poison, edible, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, familiar, weird, you know, like, dislike, mm-hmm. which is necessary for our survival. Um, uh, but and, and a lot of people stay there their whole lives. Yeah. You know, they, in a certain sense, reach that at age eight or ten, mm-hmm. and they spend the rest of their lives yep. liking and disliking and hating and loving and uh, <laughs> judging and accepting and all the rest. Um, uh, which I, I guess maybe they never have any pain that drives them out of right, that or, right. or experience that does. Um, a, a lot of people move into complexity where you say, hold it, I was taught that people of my uh, political party were good and people of their political party are bad, but yeah. this guy in our party <laughs> is a jerk and that guy in their party is really nice. <laughs> and so suddenly the world is complexified. Yes. And some of the complexity is learning how to explain those things away yeah. and then how to make allowances and exceptions. The way I say it is we all get this dualistic contract yeah. and then we start adding fine print. <laughs> And, and isn't that pain- it's a it's a it's a painful experience sometimes. <laughs> That's true. It's like another one, another bias. We can talk about that. Another bias I'm hitting up against. Ah. Yeah, and so and that's very complex, and it's also yeah. exciting, right? You know, right. Um, exciting like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, and like a challenge. You yes. Know? Um, and we can feel like we're good soldiers because any argument that comes against our group, no matter how hard, we'll find a way to refute it. Right. You know? Right. Right. Um, and a lot of people stay there at stage two complexity their, their whole lives. Um, and then I think more and more of us at a younger and younger mm-hmm. age hit that heartache mm-hmm. that pushes us into perplexity mm-hmm. where we, we, you could say that simplicity is dualistic. Complexity is pragmatic. Mm-hmm. How do I make this work? How right. do I succeed? Right. Uh, and then I think what happens in perplexity is we say, you know what? My group, we think we're right. That group, they think they're yeah. right. That, Gosh, we're all kind of just living in our little bubbles, and we become critical of everybody, mm-hmm. including ourselves. So you could say that perplexity is critical. It's mm-hmm. about critical thinking. Yeah. You could also say it becomes skeptical and relativistic, meaning everybody's just, yeah, they're working in their own story. Right. And, um, uh, and the problem for that. I think it's exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like to say to people, stage three is graduate school. because <laughs> And when you think about it, when you're an undergraduate, you read textbooks mm-hmm. that make it sound like right. everybody in our field agrees. Yes. You get to graduate school, you read the original sources, and you find out that there's arguments in your profession right. and field. And um, So I remember when I was in graduate school and I learned, I was a lit major. Yeah. Some people don't think Shakespeare existed. What? what? You know? and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but then you find out there's all kinds of right. reasons why that is. Right. Um, but the problem for religious people is that there are very, very, very few religious communities mm-hmm. that make room for people in stage mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. They tell them there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And then I think a lot of people stay there their whole lives. But I think more and more people at a younger and younger age are moving into what I call stage four, harmony or solidarity, where they say, you know what? The stage one people, that's just where they are. And the stage two people, and the stage, when I've been in stage three, that's where I'm, 
I want to get to a place where I don't just have to criticize everybody for being mm -hmm. hypocrites or whatever. I, I have to develop some compassion yeah. for everybody, include, including myself. Right. So. It reminds me of a story when, when I don't know which stage I was moving into, but it happened in a, in a split second for me. And I was in my backyard, and it was one of those deeply painful moments, you know, those times where you, you look to the heavens and you just, and, I, and I, I couldn't speak. So I took my finger and I just started to write help on <laughs> yes. the, the ground, you know. Yes, yeah. And all of a sudden I looked at that, which wasn't even there really, that H-E-L-P. Yeah. And I realized that depending on your perspective, H-E-L-P meant go and help or please help. Mm. The mm. most, the perfect opposites. Wow. Of me, of the meaning. Yes. Existing exactly wow. at the same time. Wow. And... Everything kind of just opened, you know, I just went, oh, oh. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Okay. And, and that was such a pivotal moment for wow. me. I can, I can see in that moment you were acknowledging your need for help. It, <laughs> it was maybe something like a prayer or just a cry yeah. from your yes. heart. But it was also then this realization, hold it, if I need this help, other people need this help. Yeah. And maybe in getting the help I need, I'll be able to help them. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it was. You gave yourself permission. Yeah. In a certain sense, it was a validation in my, in yeah. my terms. I'm in stage three and I deserve some help here. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it just became this circular thing to yeah. receive help, give and receive. Yeah. And where do you start? It just, it, yeah. oh, you know, it's just a circular. It's oh just, my goodness. And, and can I say something yeah. that really connects to what we were talking about before? Yeah. If, if in that, that what those people called the first axial age, mm -hmm. the idea is, I've got to get salvation for me. Right. I've got to get enlightenment for me. I've mm -hmm. got to get uh, righteousness for me. Mm -hmm. um, it, at that moment, it was like help for me and help for everybody else. Mm -hmm. It was the same. It was right. the same help, you know. Right. Uh, which was to me, that's very much. That's why I, I sometimes use the word solidarity for that mm -hmm. fourth stage. Mm -hmm. Because it's where we start realizing, yeah, yeah, our interconnectedness and yeah, you know. and and I, I honor every pe people that are in their stages. You know, yeah. you, you you have to recognize. I have to recognize my own sensations of of resistance to put a hierarchy to it, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But for myself, you know, I what a difference my little life had on a daily basis when I could walk into the gas station. And speak with the person across the, the counter in a yeah. whole different way yes. of interact, interacting and yeah. feel that oneness, you know, feel just deep love. Yeah. And also recognize where I would have made the judgments, yes. you know, yes. and, and really feel those judgments not there anymore. Yes. And, and this is where I think, you, you know, your concern about hierarchy is a, a smart concern. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think we're even thinking about stages in a, a wise way mm -hmm. if we think about them as, as a hierarchy at all. Um, in a sense, what we're saying is there are capacities that you need to develop before you develop other capacities yes. because the other capacity builds on the previous yes. capacity. Mm -hmm. And um, since we're all born or raised in a group mm -hmm. and that group protects us mm -hmm. and teaches us and we're dependent on them 
Of course we don't criticize them. We right. try to learn from them. Um, and we resist them and everything else too. But there comes a point where unless we happen to have been born into the one perfect group, if we don't learn to criticize <laughs> the group that we're part right. of. And, and so uh, if, if we don't learn to criticize it, we perpetuate the right. harm, right? So you can see that it's not that one's better than the other. Right. It's just that things, skills are cumulative. Right. Yeah. And we are so quick to, to criticize and to want to improve ourselves. And yes. yet within a group, we kind of just don't let that, you know, <laughs> we, we don't take those same rules and move yeah. them into the bigger group. Yeah. And yet, how can we grow if we just stay and yeah. we just, that's, the, that's, that's to me, the def, that's the definition of damnation. Wow. Yes. It's to not grow. Yeah. yeah. And so when will we stop growing? Hopefully yeah. never. Hopefully never. Yeah. And so what that means is I have a whole lot I don't know right now. Yeah. And I, that can be a place for me to be humble yeah. and also excited for yeah. what's more to come Beautifully at said. the same time. And what a beautiful space, you know, uh, uh, to, to be and what a beautiful space to create for other people. Because a lot of people are in, a, are in places where they're told, don't think, don't ask questions, right. uh, which is another way of saying, don't grow. Mm -hmm. At least don't grow beyond what we consider mm -hmm. uh, uh, acceptable. It raises a, a question that I don't know the answer to <laughs> about stages that relates to the heartache you're bringing mm -hmm. up. What would happen if we had parents who, in, in these terms I'm using, yeah. were in stage four, right. and they saw it their job to help me learn, to get as close yes. to where they are as possible. Yes. It would be very different than if you had parents who were in stage one and were nervous about you going mm -hmm. any farther. And, and this might be one of those things we just don't know. If that happens, mm -hmm. it may be that people won't talk about stages anymore. Right. <laughs> but that's so. the key. I mean, for me, I, I'm hoping for two and three generations yeah. down the road. To you be know, in a different place. To be in a different place. Yeah. And hopefully... Hopefully that will happen. Um, I, I'm, I can't remember who it was. I was just reading a quote from some author who said, if you climb the ladder of my works and mm -hmm. get to the mountain where you want to be, kick away the ladder. You don't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what a wow, great way right, to say right, it. Right. You know, my goal is to help you get where you need to be. Right. Uh, you know, right. W once you get there, you don't need the ladder. Right. <laughs> and you know when you're there. Yeah. You get to choose and, yeah. and, and make that decision and, and, and feel it within yourself, yeah. that peace. You know, so we always ask um, our guests to, to talk a little bit about what does, what does wholeness mean to you? Mm. Mm. You know, there's a, a little kind of meditative practice that um, I, I, in my work with the Center for Action and Contemplation, we use sometimes at the beginning of a session or a conference or something, and we say, um, uh, all of you are welcome here. Mm -hmm. And all of you is welcome here. Mm. Um, and so the first is obviously addressed to a large group of people, mm -hmm. but then to say to each person, the parts of you that are afraid mm -hmm. are welcome. The parts of you that are critical are mm -hmm. welcome. The parts of you that are exhausted are mm -hmm. welcome. All these different parts of you are, are welcome. 
and the parts of you that are unresolved. And mm -hmm. um, you don't have to be somewhere you aren't, you mm -hmm. know. And that wholeness to me, it is when we're in, it, it doesn't mean I'm happy about everything. Right. But it means I'm not having to cover up anything or mm -hmm. hate something about myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I could say I want this to change, but in a certain way, when I say I want that to change, it's, beca it's because I love myself mm -hmm. and want, don't want myself to be harmed by mm -hmm. something, you know, that some unhelpful pattern or whatever. Yeah. So that's what, uh, all, of, all of me is welcome. That is something, some part of wholeness for me. I love that it reminds me of the, the best sentence ever created that for myself is, I am Mm. that's it yes you yes. know that that's what it reminds me when you say that and, yes and it feels like an a lot like an unconditional love yeah for others and for the self yeah and to let both of those happen and exist at the same time yeah. Yeah. and um that's amazing well i appreciate you taking your time today what a pleasure to meet you and know of your good work and uh and to be in this conversation thank you thank you you to the wholenessnetwork.com where you'll find the wholeness library inside you'll find tutorials downloads mini classes and all sorts of streaming content for you on your wholeness journey